Hello everyone, today we are going to talk about Sakht. The Second World War completely annihilated the social fabric of Europe. It left the Europeans to ponder over their identities. Who were they? How was it possible that humans could do such a thing? Being itself was getting questioned. If we are humans, then we ought to have some essential role in this world, and surely such barbarity as was shown during the war must be an exception to this essence. On 2nd September 1945, the Second World War was officially declared to be over. Europe was still bleeding from its wounds and trying to recuperate. What was the role of philosophy at this time? What could a philosopher do to abuse the public curiosity regarding fundamental questions of existence? On 29th October 1945, in Club Maintenon in Paris, the main hall was packed to the brim. It was reported that some people even swooned because of suffocation. Everyone had their eyes and ears directed towards one man, the only one in Paris who could talk sense out of this barbarous nonsense, Jean-Paul Sartre. He decided to give a seminar barely after two months of the end of the Second World War and proposed an understanding of existence that would allow humans to liberate themselves through philosophizing. This is the famous lecture that was later published with the title Existentialism is a Humanism. In this famous lecture, he defined existentialism. For Sartre, existentialism is the belief that existence precedes essence. It was enough for the Parisians. They could now disentangle themselves from the moral burden of sharing their being with mortals like Himmler, Hitler and Goring. At the end of the lecture, Sartre convinced the public that to be a human essentially is to be condemned to be free. Existence precedes essence is a very brief statement. We hardly get any briefer principles than this in the world of philosophy. But what does it really mean? We have to retrace our steps back a bit and visit the isolated hut in Black Forest Mountains of southern Germany where Heidegger was proposing a new way of understanding the question of being. In his book, Being and Time, he discusses the essence of objects, which is equivalent to the functional definition. He takes the example of hammer and says that as soon as someone looks at the hammer, he is immediately reminded of its function as hammering a nail. That is its essential function. In the same way, all inanimate objects are made for a purpose. They exist because they have a function to perform. A house is a house because it gives shelter. A pen is a pen because it writes. The definition of every object is manifested in its essential functions. Sartre extends the same principle to humans and asks the question, what is the essential function of being a human? And the more he thinks about it, the more he is convinced that there is no essential function of being a human. Because if one makes that argument, then it is very easy to detach the moral burden from Hitler and company as they were meant to do what they did. It was their essential function in history. Sartre says that is bad faith. We will come to bad faith in a moment. First, let's follow the argument he is making regarding essence. Human being is the only mode of being that does not have prescribed essence to it, according to Sartre. Humans do not perform essential functions, they create essential functions for themselves. Essence is not given to humans, it is created by them. We define ourselves, but not only that. Sartre goes ahead and says we are condemned to be free. Freedom is not a right that we achieve through political activism. By virtue of existence we are free. Every moment, every decision that we make is of our own free will. And that is why we have courts to bring us to trial if we do something wrong. Otherwise, everyone behind the bars would be considered to have performed his essential function of committing a crime. With Sartian perspective comes a lot of moral burden. You have to guard yourself against everything that you think or do because you were free to do otherwise, but you did a particular action in place of others. 
In existentialism, freedom is not good news. It is a bit of bad news. Hence the oxymoron of condemnation attached with freedom. But when we look around us and also at ourselves, we find Sark's ideas to be filled with problems. Am I really free now that I am speaking to you? What if I have been forced to make this video because I am starving and need money from my act of speech? How many of actions are really free of social limits imposed on us from without? Sartre is aware of this problem and he addresses it in one of the most famous passages of philosophy. In Being and Nothingness, he discusses the case of a cafe waiter. This waiter spends the whole day in the cafe without realizing that he is foregoing his freedom for a social role. Sartre asks the question, why is the waiter bringing coffee to customers and making sure that it does not spill on anyone and then arranging for the bill? It is only because he has deliberately accepted his social role as a waiter and he is performing it diligently. He does exist, but he exists in bad faith. If the waiter considers his social role to be the final word on his existence, then he has ceased to be a human. He has become a functional apparatus of social ideology, pretty much like a hammer in Heideggerian example. This brings us to bad faith. What if I said to you that you are morally responsible for listening to me now? Not just that, you are also responsible for everything that you would do as a consequence of listening to me. You are responsible for taking every decision in your life, whether it be changing your career or clicking on a buy order button online. The immediate result is anxiety. Too much responsibility gives the vertigo of anxiety. We are not only condemned to be free, we are also afraid to be free. In order to escape this anxiety of creating moral responsibilities and following through, we want to follow a pre-organized world where our roles are predetermined, and we do not have to think constantly about what to do next. It is easier to follow the rules because we can then very easily shift the blame for our failures to the person who made the rules. We did wrong because the boss said it so, or worse, we did wrong because in this society that is the only way to survive. Such kind of moral reasoning is a symptom of bad faith, to put it briefly. When we dissolve our existential freedom willingly within the prescribed roles of social order to disabuse ourselves of moral burden, we are in bad faith. Eichmann in Jerusalem was in bad faith. Sartre's existentialism is all about authenticity. The analysis of bad faith is meant to underscore the problems with our thoughts, especially our prejudgments about the social roles that we adopt. We are usually happy when we get a new job, but soon become tired of it. We are usually happy when someone new comes in our lives, but we soon become tired of that person as well. It is because we follow the social pattern of getting bored or annoyed with one thing done repeatedly. Our sentiments are as much socially determined as our actions. We feel as society wants us to feel, we think as society wants us to think, it is not a moral evil to follow society, but to completely abandon our will to the general will is a sin unmatched according to Sartre. He himself became a writer, which is a social role that he chose for himself. So the ultimate question then becomes, with which I leave you now, have you chosen your role in society or the social role has enforced itself upon you? If it is the former case, then you are existentially free. But if it is the latter case, then you are in bad faith.